Welcome to the New Mercies Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Caldwell. This is episode number 56, and I am going to share with you today one of our Orange Conference podcast interviews. And this is by a campus pastor by the name of Trey Sheely. Trey has a story. He came up to our booth at the Next Level Pastor booth and said, are you guys recording podcast episodes? We said, yes, we are interviewing people just to hear their story, to encourage people all around the world. Has God done anything in your life? Do you have a story to share that would encourage people? And he said, oh, I've got a story. And he put his backpack down and he jumped up in the seat and he was ready to go. It was awesome. And I will say he did not disappoint. I want to share with you Trey's interview right now and listen to how encouraging this is for you today. Hey, everybody. This is Joseph. I am here with Trey. How do you say your last name? Sheely. Sheely. Yeah. I was I was going to say something similar to that, but it probably wasn't going to be right. Sheely. I hate, yeah, maybe. I hate butchering people's names. That's uh, all good. I butcher my own name enough. I don't need, I don't, I don't need anything else. <laughs> Anyways, I'm here with Trey. So, uh, Trey, man, tell me, uh, where, where are you at? Um, I'm in a multi-site church out of South Carolina. Um, I'm in a little small town called Saluda. Um, our main campus is in Lexington. Um, we have six campuses that are associated with this Radius Church. Okay. And yeah, we're multi-site and. Uh, we're really into church planning, making disciples, and living generously. That is awesome. So uh, what do you do there? I'm the campus pastor at the Saluda campus, but I'm the student ministry lead. So I work with all our student men's, uh, our student leaders, and I brought them here to the Orange Conference just trying to, number one, be better at what we do as a multi-site, right. um, learning how do we do these things across the board. And our goal is to plant six more churches in the next three years. So as we do that, how do we do this youth thing and do it well all the way across? Man, that is awesome. Planting churches is just something, oh man, that's, that's, that's what we're called to do. Yeah. That's exactly what we're called to do. So uh, what led you to uh, start serving in, the, in this capacity? Man, it's, it's a crazy story. Um, I didn't grow up in church, got saved when I was 20. Um, and when I got saved, I knew I was a coach at the time. And I was like, well, if you love children and you love Jesus, it's youth ministry. It's no, it's no question. That's, that's all you do with people like, yeah, go to this Bible college. And so I went to Columbia International University, go Rams. Um, and I went there and it was just one thing after another. Like um, while I was there, I was able to start serving part-time at my church back home. And uh, when I graduated, I went on there full-time youth minister, 14 years. And then till God led me to, uh, this church plant across town, uh, Radius Church, and I became the campus pastor there. And so, dude, that is absolutely awesome. And and before we got started, you were you were sharing a little bit of some stuff that you you just seem super excited, and I'm yeah. super excited. Yeah. I love whenever somebody comes up here and they're like, "Man, I, I got something I got to share." Yeah. So, uh, what what exactly what's what's God laid on your heart, man? Man, God God has laid a lot. Um, but one of the things I love to share is because I love talking about my, our adoption story. Um, oh yeah. Me, me and my wife, we've been married for 10 years and we just couldn't have children. And we tried and uh, instead of going the medical route, we started praying. It's like, should we adopt? And, and it's a scary thing because we taught you to adopt it too, right? Yes, yes. It's very scary. It's very scary. hundred percent And then they show you the number and you're yep. like, I don't have that. Right. And so a friend of mine that was on our elder board, we, we, we were praying and he said, don't pray about it if you're not going to try it. And I was like, what? And he said, God's got the money. If it's going to happen, just trust him. And so all the way along the process, there was times where the money just showed up. Yeah. <laughs> like there was one day, 
I'll never forget we had to have $5,400 by the next day. Yep. And we didn't have it. And at our staff meeting, they, they laid hands and they prayed, said, God, we want you to deliver. We know you got it. And then by the next day, we had $6,000 in 24 hours. It just came in. And one of them, this guy sent me a picture. He's like, it was $2,000. And the receipt we got from the bank was post-dated from two weeks before where he said, I was supposed to give this to you two weeks ago. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, God, you're doing something good. And then anyway, so we get on the list during the middle of COVID. Uh, we finally get on list, get all the money. They put us on the list. And the average wait for infant adoption is about uh, a year and a half. Right, right. Oh, um, yeah. So we were on vacation. We got the money on that Monday. And Friday when we're leaving, we got a call. And they said, we got a child. <laughs> and we're like, what? And then, and then I said, all right, can we pray about it? They said, you got 30 minutes. <laughs> I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I know that time frame. Fun yeah. stuff. So it was like 30 minutes. And then I called a friend of mine. And um, this was middle of the racial stuff going on, too. Right. Child was African-American. I'm from a small rural town um, where I think we're one of the first prominent um, Caucasian couples to adopt a non-white kid, especially African-American. Um, and so it was a pretty big deal. I mean, we've had people foster, but just a flat out choose. It, it was a big deal in our town. Right. Um, but four days later, we, we, we adopted him and we had nothing, nothing at all. Like, I remember my sister called me. She's like, what do you need? I said, well, we got a baby seat. We got we got a cradle. And I think I th- I like, we got a stroller. I think we're good. <laughs> and she's like, well, where are you going to feed him? I was like, we'll figure that out. She said, you got diapers? No. You got you got clothes? No. She's like, that's the main stuff. <laughs> And so we ended up having to go to Charleston, got back the next day. We signed all the forms. So this is the crazy thing about where we were. We're, we're at Charleston Hospital because of COVID. We couldn't go into the hospital. Right. Yeah. So we didn't see our son until they wheeled him out in a bassinet. Oh, my gosh. And so it, it was a beautiful scene. The doctors were out there because usually they don't get to see this kind of stuff. And they were celebrating tears and everything. And we picked our son up, put him in the car. We drove off. <laughs> we signed the papers in my truck. And so... But awesome. the reason why I'm excited about that is because, you know, there's a lot of people like that's like us that, you know, for 10 years you pray and you pray. And there's a lot of there's a lot of tears going on in this. Like, God, why? Oh, yeah. Like, is there something wrong with me? You know, I'm in youth ministry. Like, right. Why can't I have kids? And then you realize that God's got this beautiful timeline. He does. That we don't see. And I wouldn't trade anything in the world to be different for me to have anything else in the way what I ended up with. Um, gave my son my family name. I'm James Bettis Sheely third. hence Trey. He's James Bettis Sheely IV, Bettis. Um, and it just, uh, I mean, my encouragement for all y'all out there listening is like, I, I don't know what you're waiting on or what that prayer is. It's like, stay strong. God's going to act um, on his time. And when he does, everything in the past is going to be gone. You know, and so just like stay encouraged because no matter where you're at at this moment, God is moving all around you. You just don't realize it. And so he's, he, he is for you, not against you. So, man, I'm telling you right now that that is so encouraging. Again, also from an adoptive father, uh, someone who who's adopted my, my precious little girl, man, I, I can't. The whole time after everything that was going on, I was, you know, the same thing, like questioning, like, yeah. like what, why is this happening? Why isn't this happening? I have two the biological children, but we just felt that call yeah. for adoption. And I was like, man, I just don't know. I don't know why this is happening. This is happening. And now, you know, hindsight's 2020. I'm yeah. looking, I'm like, 
wow, God is so good. Yeah. And to know how much I love this child, yeah. it just blows my mind. And, and to know God's like, well, I knew that. Yeah. That's why, that, that's your girl, that's your little girl. Yeah. I'm like, man, dude, you have been so, so very encouraging to me. And, and you're, your piece of encouragement for the uh, for the leaders and, and staff out there and people in ministry out there as just man you just you've blessed my heart. I yeah. appreciate it so much. I'm praying that the people who are listening to this also they're just they're as blessed and, and encouraged as I am right now. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much, Trey. I appreciate it. And um man, I just can't wait to hear about more of what God is doing in the ministry you're involved yeah. with. Yeah. So thank you very much. Man, glad to be here. Thank you. I know you are encouraged by Trey's story today. Whatever you are waiting on, God is at work. He is putting things together that we can't see, we don't know. The truth of the matter is God is in control. He sees you exactly where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing. He is at work. Let's trust Him and then let's celebrate big whenever we see Him move.